You're listening to High Shelf Gaming. Shelfies, welcome back to High Shelf Gaming. Oh my goodness, it has been a long time since we've gotten an episode out. Even longer since Rich and I could record an episode. Uh, Coronavirus, COVID-19, folks, it just buried us. We were so inundated with work and real life stuff going on. There was just no way for us to carry the podcast. But things are finally calming down to a place where we can start (laughs) the podcast again. And we are so pumped to do it. Tonight's episode is super important. We're talking about Gen Con Online, of course. This is the first time we have official Gen Con full-time employees, and we got two of them to come on the show and talk to you all about Gen Con Online, what the show is going to be like, how to you know best go about attending events, submitting events, all that kind of stuff. We high-level touch on a lot of things. Really just get into what is Gen Con Online going to be like? Tonight, we are joined by Derek and Dominic. Derek is the Senior Event and Program Manager. Dominic is the Event Coordinator over at Gen Con. These two set aside valuable time to come on our show and talk with you in podcast form about all the stuff that you can expect in this upcoming show. I want to take a quick second, though, and talk about the dates of Gen Con Online 2020. In case you haven't found them or what have you, this might be your first time hearing it. Once the show is done, these dates won't matter anymore because 2021, everything's going to be different. But in 2020, the show itself is happening July 30th through August 2nd of 2020. Event submission is open now. Right. So if you wanted to run events for Gen Con Online, you could go right now and submit events. Of course, there's the Gen Con event host policy, that PDF, you're going to want to download it and give it a read. It's super important for any event organizer. The event schedule, folks, is going to hit July 6th. So on July 6th, the schedule will be released with event registration, our favorite topic, and go back and listen to our registration episode. July 13th is when registration happens. Now, important point for event organizers, event submission closes on July 20th, a full 10 days before the show. This is different than when they were in person, right? The physical event, you could submit events like day before the day you wanted to run the event. That's ended. That that no longer happens. At least with the online event, they need 10 days which means event organizers, no more last minute submittals. You got to get it in before July 20th if you want it to show up in Gen Con Online. Folks, Rich and I are super excited about Gen Con Online. We have a bunch of stuff planned for Gen Con Online. You know, the whole Shelfie community is coming out to run events and participate and play in games. And I know you all will too if you're listening to this show for the first time. Uh, without further ado, let's get into our discussion with Derek and Dominic. It is a very informative discussion. High Shelf Gaming is a podcast where David and Rich discuss tabletop gaming. Everything from board games and role-playing games to gaming conventions. They provide reviews, strategies, tips, and house rules to enhance your gaming and convention-going experience. Hey everyone, David here with High Shelf Gaming, and as always, I am joined by the Lycan, Rich. 
Mom, he called me a lichen. That means I'm like a werewolf. Hey, Dave. How's it going? Still working actually... from the basement during the corona. My mom's been feeding me Hot Pockets and Tino's, so things have been pretty good over here. I do feel like a werewolf. My sleep schedule, I don't even know what day it is, Dave. What what day is today, by the way? I, I have no clue. And actually, I think it's been like two months since you and I recorded anything, and I'm surprised that your mom is still feeding you. I would have figured yeah, she'd cut you of off course. by now. of course. Mom loves her little baby boy. So, yeah, but I'm looking forward to getting out of the basement. It should be anytime soon. You know, it's, uh, but, you know, the only good thing about being here is high-speed internet access because mm. coming up here at the end of July, there'll be an event that I will be attending virtually. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We are super pumped. Yeah, High Shelf Gaming is always excited for Gen Con, and Gen Con Online is a thing. And joining us today to talk about Gen Con Online is Derek and Dominic from the Gen Con events team. Derek, Dominic, guys, thanks so much for coming yeah. on today and talking about Gen Con Online. Sure. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Pleasure to be oh, here. Gosh, yes. Um, so, you know, normally we do a bunch of tomfoolery, but I think I want to get like right into business, just a little bit of housekeeping. Derek, how, how did you get into gaming? What kind of games do you play? What, What's what your chops? Gamer are, yeah, what, what kind of gamer are you? I do a lot of role-playing games. Yeah. I'm one of those ones who was, uh, you know, weaned on White Wolf. Uh, yes! So, uh, yes! Oh, no! Yes! Another, another yep. White yes! Wolf fan! Yep. Yes! Yep. So uh, I got to say that the Lycans uh, can go back in the shadows <laughs> yes! and the vampires will rule. Yes! Uh, so there's that. Uh, so like, you know, Shadowrun and Vampire and, and all that are kind of, you know, my, my bread and butter, uh, though I love a ton of, you know, you more modern You do mean Vampire like the Masquerade, correct? Sure. Uh, I think that Vampire the Requiem oh, got okay. a, a raw deal. Um, I think there's actually a lot of really cool ideas in there. And, you know, my headcanon basically combines the two of them. And then uh, it was very gratifying to see a lot of the 5th edition rules, borrowing a lot of the Requiem stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, so we have this kind of running, just so you know what you walked in there, Derek. Rich and I have this running tally of who all started with White Wolf, which ain't a lot of us, and who all started with D&D, and every Come time... Come on, Dominic, I'm pulling for you, Dominic, well, pulling D&D! Well, okay, uh, spoiler alert, it's not going to go well for you. Well, second, oh! uh, no! second uh, technically, if we're talking about starting, I did have D&D back in the day. But yeah, like buddy. I got I got the starter box or some starter box and like couldn't really figure it out and really wasn't super into it uh, and com- it fell out of it pretty much immediately. Yeah, it was riffs in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Whoa. that brought me back in. Wow. Uh, so I did that for like a year, year and a half or so before I went to high school and found Vampire and Shadowrun. Yeah, that's yeah, Vampire. Oh, and Shadowrun too. Yeah, those mm-hmm. were all yep. big when I was. In yeah, so but too. but now you know I I play a lot of stuff. There's a lot of board games I play, uh, a lot of card games I play. Uh, I recently got into miniatures, so I'm big into Warhammer now too. Nice, sweet, nice. Yeah, there's a huge resurgence for Warhammer right now. It's really cool. Oh, yeah. to see that yeah. going on. The new edition just got announced, but the edition prior to that really felt like uh, like if you're big into D and D, you know what Fifth Edition did to D and D. 8th edition did the same thing to Warhammer. Like, it, it's incredible. That's awesome. Yeah, I hear a lot of new folks talking about Warhammer now. It's just mm-hmm. it's just exciting to see. And, and Dominic, how what kind of games do you play, or, or what got you into gaming? <laughs> I mean, you, you the, so, both of you work for the largest gaming convention in America, so I have to assume that games are a part of your life. 
<laughs> to uh, to Derek's laughter earlier and kind of teasing this. Yeah, I'm uh, would be probably on at Gen Con on the lower scale as far as more of a casual gamer relatively. So sorry to disappoint there. I'm not going to have no. It's good. Intense stories on that end. I have played D and D one time uh, while I was in college. So I guess D and D five E would be my first introduction. And only it my still has the words D and D in it. So. There you go, Rich. So uh, technically, those are letters, sir. Well, <laughs> Not I the way make up my it. own nomenclature. <laughs> yeah. I like a lot of civilization and city building games. So, oh, yeah. Uh, I started early, I think, with Gonzaga and Suburbia. Right now, actually, Derek at Gen Con last year got me to check out Hadara, and I've played that intensively in the past six months. So that's been a really fun one. And then uh, just some other uh, deduction games as well. Um, Fugitive, a few things like that. So I'm definitely more of a board gamer, definitely more of a... A casual environment um, than than most. Um, Heck yeah! But I I will say my short time at Gen Con, I've just been fully immersed into the the breadth of the gaming industry, and I've learned more in the past eighteen months working here than I had the entire time previous year. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, trial by fire. As someone who like just plays games casually, and then you start working for Gen Con, it's like you get smart on this stuff real fast. Wow, <laughs> exactly. Really. That's really interesting. You've been there 18 months. Are you a newbie within the crowd? And, um, you know, Derek, how long have you been there? And, and how long is the average tenure where you're at? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. So, January will be 15 years for me. Look at nice. that. And nice. I think at this point, I may be this, I think I might be the third most senior person still working there. So, you know, I'm on the long long end. Dominic's at the short end. Yep. Um, I don't know what the average is because we have these weird spikes, you know, where we have a couple of people who've been here forever. We've got uh, several people who are, you know, three years or less. And then I, mm-hmm. you know, think we've got kind of other clumps here and there. So I don't know what the average would be. Like, I, I guess it would come out to probably like four years, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that might be a little lower than I expected. I kind of well, was thinking, you know, 10 years be the and, average and think- tenure. I think people forget Gen Con is a small organization. Mm-hmm. Y'all aren't like hundreds of people. You're no, like you, less than 20. You mean 20. there's not a room of 50 people in a help desk and a whole IT support <laughs> system for housing and event registration? Uh, I, I wish that we had a team of 50 people to help us uh, with everything yeah. that we needed, but no, no. Yeah, there um, are days where you feel like you need 50, but then, <laughs> but then vast sp- spans between those days where you need like no one because whatever, it's, uh, it's uh, well, December. Yeah, so we have we have fourteen full time staff members who work wow. at, at Gen Con. So wow. the fourteen of us essentially organize and coordinate that entire convention, um, and we spend most of our year. So it, it does slow down a bit in the fall, but um, as we've grown, that that period of feeling like there's a bit of a break uh, has certainly shrunk. And, oh. Yeah, I, I think in, in previous years, like uh, you know, maybe four years ago or, or earlier, it, it very much was like, you know, great. Um, you know, a lot of the half a year is the slow season, so you don't mind the crazy uh, hours that you do during the on season, per se. Right. But you know, we've seen a lot of growth of the convention over the past several years, just kind of continual growth. And uh, that adds up to just you need to do more earlier to get through the window of time between January and, and August. Yeah. Um, I- and. It's also, I mean, it's also important to remember that we have 14 full-time staff members, but we do have a lot of contractors at various levels. A lot of kind of the work at the convention itself is very decentralized and distributed. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. there's a lot of sense of we work with a company that has a, an event space and they manage their space. Or we work with someone who's going to run a program and they're going to coordinate all of their artists and make sure that you know their participants and creators kind of have that hand on hands-on um, help and experience that they kind of need to make a convention really feel magical. Sure. Uh, and that's just not something that we would have time to do ourselves if we tried to route everything through one of our full-time employees. And that's even before we get to our our you know captains who are just the actual labor of the convention itself exactly. yeah we've had some captains on to talk uh before about their experience as volunteers and as captains mm -hmm. and stuff like that And it's just really cool to see how much latitude they have and how much ownership they have mm -hmm. over the success of their area so definitely you know really awesome on, on that part and i wanted to pick on something you said earlier about having to do things earlier and earlier, I had noticed over the years as someone who submits events to Gen Con, <laughs> the, the dates creep forward in the calendar. And I think that, uh, you know, sometimes people get caught out by that. They, they remember, oh, I did that in uh, March or, or in April even. And now mm -hmm. I have to do it in February or what have you. You know, like the dates yep. move forward because you all need more time to cover all the stuff that's going on. And then this year, obviously, COVID-19 or coronavirus, just throws a huge hand grenade into everything. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of want to ask that period between like when everybody started worrying about the disease and then the announcement of going to Gen Con online, what were those days like? What was, what was going on? Yeah. As you, as you mentioned that we, we start working on the show and even in a public fashion with event registration or event uh, submission and our badge registration opening up. Um, early in January. So we were well in the swing of things by the time this all started to break in, in March, uh, yeah. I would say. And then a lot of it was just us continuing to monitor the situation, work with our, our partners in Indianapolis and try to court as much information as we can so we can make an educated decision on this. And we're not obviously the only uh, convention company that was a large event space that, that was impacted by this. So we were experiencing all that along with everybody else as far as watching other conventions make come to those decisions that were happening before us as well. So yeah. overall, it was just looking for a way that we could, in good conscience, host the event and keep everybody safe and, and healthy during this process and ultimately led to our, our decision that that was just not going to be possible for this year and our pivot towards an, an online convention. Is there anything yeah. else you want to add there, Derek? Well, I mean, the only other thing I think I would say is that there was definitely a long period of time um, where we effectively had to kind of plan two conventions at once because we mm. had to operate under the – we, 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 we basically – before we could make a final determination, we had to continue planning for Gen Con will happen and see what kind of response – um, the population would have, see what kind of response governments would have, how quickly they could get things under control. I think we have seen how that turned out. Um, but uh, so we had to kind of continue planning for, well, I mean, there's too much going on. If we don't do the work now, we won't have time to do it later if oh, we still right. have a physical convention. Right. And then there was also just the thing of if we can't have a physical convention and we have to go online. If we don't start the work now, we won't have time to do that later either. Right. So we're going to have to do as much as we can kind of simultaneously. And, you know, that that meant that, like, we would just kind of, um, you know, back burner some things. Or, you know, we had to juggle a lot of priorities to figure out how to kind of continue running two tracks 
at a fast enough rate so that once we knew which one we were actually going to stay on, it was viable to actually succeed. Wow. Yeah, that's I that's really great information. I you know, on the outside you see the discussion groups and the the Facebook group, uh, the fans of Gen Cons, and you see all these other communities like doing a lot of hand wringing and wondering and wondering and wondering. It's like we all had to assume that you all on the Gen Con side were incredibly busy, <laughs> right? And it's just mm-hmm. nice to know that you were not only doing one convention, but you're actually doing two conventions. And that makes a lot of sense because you, you're absolutely right. You have to have a lot of things in place before, you know, step C can happen. You have to have A and B done. And yep. those, if you wait on that, then it's just not going to happen in time. You, you, by the time you get to show day, there's going to be big chunks that are missing. So that's, a, that's really kind of incredible that y'all were doing two conventions at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I know it was super tough to make the decision, but I do have to say thank you for making a decision, right? I think that you guys were all in a tough spot and you had to do what you had to do. And I think it's done, but it's funny how, as I talked to friends, so many things were lining up with your timing that people were having flights canceled and do they rebook mm-hmm. new flights and people were right. having this issue come up and that issue come up. And the way the announcement hit was, I think, timely. So um, yeah. I think kudos, hats off to you. Good job. Tough job. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I think that a lot of that goes to our, our board and our yeah. kind of executive team, I think. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll pass that along to them because I think they'll appreciate hearing it. Yeah, definitely. And, and so I got to, we have to get into like, I think the meat of tonight's episode or today's episode. What is Gen Con Online going to be like? I, and I'll just preface by saying as an event organizer, we have submitted some events to happen online. Mm-hmm. And I know that as an event organizer, you say if you're going to bring something to the table to help everybody communicate like Zoom or WebEx or Discord or Roll20, you know, whenever you set up your event, you kind of tell everybody to attend my event, I need you ready to join um, you know, a tabletop simulator session or a Zoom call or what have you. And that gets into the description. So I know that there's going to be some of those components, but can you kind of describe for everybody what it's going to be like to actually attend virtual Gen Con, Gen Con Online? Sure. Uh, I mean, Dominic, you're the one who's kind of on the, the core vision team for that. So do you yeah. want to start off and give the, the overview? You know, yeah, yeah, the high level view. Certainly. Yeah. So to to answer the question, I guess, of you know, what is Gen Con Online? What is it going to look like? Gen Con Online is, is our take on an online convention that we are putting out as a way to further engage the community this year and not not just say, hey, come back around and see us again in 2021. So we're, we're excited um, with this opportunity to kind of allow a space for people to be creative and get together and just the core tenets of, of a convention of community and connection and obviously a lot of great programming as you were talking about. So a couple of the things that we'll be doing, like we'll have a, a lot of streaming programming. So as far as live content and ways that people can observe and engage, there'll be a lot of streaming. I'm sure Derek and I will talk a bit more about that later as well. Um, we'll have a discord that's going to be used to kind of support all the tenants that are going on and just provide some community aspects. we'll have a, on our website, a visual presentation of our exhibitors and partners in a way that our attendees can interact with, with them and see different ways that they can participate with them. So there won't be direct, direct communication, but you'll have the ability to access all the information that the company or exhibitor will 
we'll see. And so if an exhibitor wants to run their own Discord channel and they're going to do separate stuff separately, they'll have a little link there describing what, what to do. And you can go and jump right in on that. Or if they want to promote a certain product that they're releasing, they'll be able to, to do that as well. So we're giving the, the exhibitors, the partners that are going to be within that field, the capacity to kind of create what they want to do during Gen Con Online. And this will just be a cool visual way that will present that information. That's nice um, to like still be able to browse vendors and see the announcements and then, you know, find a way to get more information. Like that's, I mean, I, frankly, that's probably a third of my convention is just wandering the dealer mm -hmm. hall. So it's really yep. nice to know that there, it'll be different, obviously, because I'll be yep. on a website browsing other uh, information pages, but it's cool that it sounds like there will be a way for me to link into a discussion room or something where I can ask questions and, and learn more about the latest game of this or that or the other. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's going to depend on the, the individual exhibitor, I think in a lot of exactly. ways, um, mm. but it's, it's going to be an interface of, you know, like different tiles that you can zoom in and out of and kind of pan around on. So oh, you have cool. the ability to explore a little bit and you'll be able to see what individual exhibitors and sponsors and partners have decided that they want to share. Um, that That's could awesome. be photos of new products. It could be a link to their Discord where they really want to build their community and connect with people online when they can't see them in person. Uh, uh, it yeah. could be a link to the events that they're running. Could be a link to their online store where you can pre-order what you know normally you would have picked up at the booth or whatnot. Oh, you uh, just answered my question. How do yeah. I get more Doctor <laughs> Who and Firefly stuff? So <laughs> yep. there will be some links. Maybe mm -hmm. if they and I can't imagine any of them not providing a link to a shopping cart or an online store, but that's definitely going to be in the works. It sounds like. Yep. Yeah. I Excellent. mean, everybody will have the option of or the, the ability to send people to their store to let Excellent. them know where to get the stuff that they want to get released. Right. But like that's one of the key challenges of taking a convention online is that I think when you look at a lot of events, when you look at a lot of seminars and panels, those have very, um, I guess, easily understood logical adaptations online. Um, there's certainly hurdles involved. Like, you know, if you're going to play a board game online, you have to learn how to use Tabletop Simulator or Tabletopia or Board Game Arena right. or something like that. But yeah, sure. you get how that works, basically. You, you're still playing the game. You're just using a different interface. But the exhibit hall component to a convention is really important, and that's one of the things that a lot of people ask when we first made the announcement of, well, you know, what is the virtual exhibit hall going to be? And I think in a lot of cases, people, f they sense the gap to the online show versus their physical experience oh, yeah. that they're used to, but oh, they yeah. don't necessarily know how to fill that. And yeah, you know, that's that's something that we're going to be experimenting with, I think, in a couple different ways. Um, yep. And this kind of tile interface is, is one of them, where you still get a sense of going through the list and seeing how many people are involved. Um even if you end up going directly to their site to buy the thing. Yeah, I, so important note, just to call out, that's not a Gen Con store where you load up on games, you know, from other vendors. You're going to their stores, right, to do the transaction. And, through, through that link, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the other piece to kind of mention there is, folks, you know, they both mentioned this, that the vendors themselves are going to be adding these links in. The vendors themselves are going to decide what shows up in their kind of virtual booth, it sounds like. Exactly. Ooh, that's a nice and, way to say it. Also, everybody, just kind of have some patience here. This is everyone's first time, probably, <laughs> at yep, doing a virtual yep. convention. Not just Gen Cons, but also, like, I don't know, Wizards of the Coast and all the other folks that want to yeah. sell stuff. Like, People they're going to have to... 
yeah, you know, Paizo and all those guys, they're all going to like look at this and go, okay, well, we need to make decisions on what to put in our virtual booth because we might not be able to fit everything. Mm-hmm. So just like have some patience as you North dig through those things. Gonna knock this out. Wait till you see yeah. their virtual booth. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that, that's I one just, of those things. Way, high shelf rich yeah. at gmail.com. I'll be glad to alpha test. Just say yes. <laughs> I promise that's not one of to the... tell anybody on my podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the pieces of a general advice we've been giving people. Because um, on our Twitch stream, uh, on our host page, when we're talking about um, you know getting ready for running events online and whatnot, we're trying to give people advice on how to just deal with this change too. And a lot of it really just boils down to be patient, be calm, you know, be considerate, and help each other figure out how to get through this. Because you all want to sit down to game. That's why we go to Gen Con. But a lot of people are going to be unfamiliar with a lot of these online tools. They're going to take longer to do things. There's going to be some problems. So just, you know, you're going to encounter problems yourself when you try to log into stuff. So just be patient. You figure out the best you can. And once you've figured out how things work, try to help the other attendees around you also figure out how things work. And by the way, one of our number one rules to first-time attendees is never back-to-back your games. And that sounds to be a huge idea also here right. because I bet you no one starts on time and I bet everybody runs over just because of some of the technology hurdles mm-hmm. that are going to happen. Sure. Yeah, sure. and that's that's a piece that we're, we're trying to proactive in our messaging to mm-hmm. event organizers as they're submitting events and planning their events out is is to add extra time. Give yourself that cushion. No, it's going to take 15 to 30 minutes to get every single person or potentially take that long to get every single person into the exact room that you're running um, or a tabletop simulator game or like like whatever you're, you're running your event on. There's going to be some technical hurdles there that you want to be able to, to work through. So give yourself that time there. And then just by nature, everything online in general seems to take a little, little bit longer than it does when you have the familiarity of somebody physically being next to you so right yeah you you won't have the the experience of like running to get to that table before the game starts because you were in like lucas oil playing true dungeon and you gotta (laughs) run to jw to play a game you won't have that experience but you will have the experience of (laughs) playing true dungeon virtually and then having to go and like download whatever the program is that the next gm wants you to have Mm -hmm. um and, and that's something to kind of consider folks is some of these programs are free like Discord and Zoom, and some of them aren't. Like Tabletop Simulator can cost you twenty dollars mm-hmm. on Steam. Yep. So, like when you go and look at the event registration, look at the programs, maybe programs that the GM wants you to have, and and make sure you already have it, or if you don't have it, that you're comfortable spending the twenty dollars or ten dollars sometimes when it's on sale, buying that program so you get to play that game in that environment. Because the GM is not going to change the program for you. Right. If it's on Tabletop Simulator, it's on Tabletop Simulator. If it's on Tabletopia, it's on that platform. So kind of make sure when you're looking at the event registration that you're clear on what programs are going to be needed for you to get to play that game and you're happy with those programs. And by the way, a big rule of life is mute your microphone when you're not talking. (laughs) Yeah. So we we actually went through a lot of these kinds of tips, um, you know, like push to talk, mute microphone when it's not your turn, Um, some kind of best practices as both a player and a GM. We've got a a series of videos on our Twitch channel and on our YouTube that if anybody is curious about running a game or exploring some of these tools, they should check those out. Um, yes. And some promote, of the things that we promote, probably want to pull out. Where do we out, find those? Where, where do we uh, find those? What is the and Dave will link in the notes below. Sure, sure. So our Twitch channel is just Gen Con TV. 
um, so twitch.tv slash TV, and our YouTube channel, if you search for Gen Con TV, should come up as well. Awesome. Um, and it, we, can, the, we can provide you those links over email. Perfect. Yeah, the, the YouTube channel itself is, is Gen Con, so you'll be able to find it either way. And, and those are also found on our general website under our, our socials, um, tags mm-hmm. and stuff. So, Excellent. Yeah, and folks, the, the last episode we did was on how to do virtual gaming as well. So like general Great. guides on virtual okay. gaming and then go there to their uh, YouTube and Twitch for the like more involved guides, probably on individual tools and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. I, th- I think it's it's one of those things that like, again, everybody's doing this for the first time. We all have some learning to do and we all have some, you know, some patience to give ourselves and to give one another while we all collectively learn this stuff. And, and that's good. You know, it's a it's an important step for us to be able to still get to enjoy this event that we all you know love and that we all want to enjoy. And and we'll be continuing to, to add more information and put more stuff out there as we go along in the, the run-up to the convention itself. So just stay in tune with, with our website and our, our different socials where we have those videos currently. Um, and just know that there's going to be a lot more information coming along the way to help help us best prepare for this as much as possible while acknowledging this is going to be new for everybody, as, as we've mentioned a few times. Sure. Yeah, no, that's good. That's really good. What do you think the numbers are going to look like for events online versus those on site? And I think about the boss frog guy that brings his 3D dungeon um, over to Gen Con with his 552 metal miniatures from 1984. And we play classic or we play, you know, uh, original D&D. He can't take that virtual. That can't be online. What do y'all think this turnout's going to look like? Have you run some projections or numbers? So, uh, I think it's probably pretty obvious that the gaming community is idiosyncratic enough that I'm not sure we have uh, data to give any kind of solid projection from. Before we started talking to companies and gaming groups about what a virtual event would look like, I had very conservative estimates as to the number of events that we would get. And then after talking with everybody, everybody was so on board and excited about it that I, I expect we're going to have many more events than I had originally anticipated. Uh, I hesitate to give an exact number just because I like, I know it's going to be wrong one way or the other. Any estimate Um, is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) like, it's not going to be the same as on site. By any means, because this is a first-year online convention in an environment where a lot more people have started playing games online, but it is not universal and it is not smooth and easy for everyone, at least not to the same extent of people who are used to how Gen Con works showing up to the convention and sitting down at a table. Um, I think that we have the possibility of you know growing to kind of incredible scales in the future, but I think this first-year... Um, we're a little bit more focused on kind of crafting an experience that won't be perfect and won't be enormous, but will make everyone more comfortable with the idea of, yes, this can work. Um, Online events work. Online conventions work. We can kind of build from here, I think, is our our main priority and perspective. Yeah, I think think one thing we've really learned throughout this process is that if we create a space for it, the gaming community will f- use their creativity and desire to game with each other and find a way to pull it off. So we're yeah. we're getting a whole slew of different approaches to online gaming than we initially prepared for. And I think that's the whole point is that the community itself is going to provide a lot 
in that aspect and that we're here to, to help present that information with them as successful as possible so that people can participate in their, their games and ultimately get together to do what they want to do. So uh, there's a lot of creativity coming out right now that, that we don't typically get to see um, with a physical convention where sure. we have some more hard restrictions also. So How much is it to register to Gen Con online? Yeah, so it is uh, the convention itself is free to access. You will just need to log in to an account to register on GenCon.com. Um, how do you do that? How do you do <laughs> that? Free <laughs> registration? Yes. So there is no no badge price. If you log into GenCon.com, you can register for a badge um, or you know quote unquote purchase a badge, but it's a a free um, badge that will basically just serve as your access to predominantly the events portable, potentially a few other things. This is a free experience. The only piece that there will be some aspect of payment to will be regarding some of the events. So there'll be the capacity for event organizers to increase their their price of their events. There will be several free events, but there will be many of the events will have a ticket price associated with it. So if you don't want sure. to come in and play any events, there's a whole bunch of different opportunities that you can do or participate in for free. There's also some free events that will be in the system. And then if you really want to dive in and the events is your thing, just there'll be, um, most of those events will have a, some sort of cost associated to it. Wow. That's awesome. That is awesome. It's good to see that those, you know, creators who need to recoup some, some of their spend uh, to put on these events and that kind of thing, there's still a vehicle for them to do that. I also really love that you're able to do it as a free convention, at least to get the badge for free. I, I think that's great. I, I honestly that didn't expect great. that. I thought there was going to be some kind of nominal cost, but it's really cool to see that it's free. Just really, yeah, really the, good on y'all. I think it's a, a real exciting kind of way to make the convention, um, when we're taking it online, just make it more accessible to more folks. So, right. you know, there's definitely people who couldn't afford a badge or travel or hotel room, and that's what kept them out of Gen Con previously. And right. now what we're hoping is if we remove as many of those barriers as we can and they just have to worry about a ticket cost to you know reserve their ticket and make sure that they have a seat at the table um how many more people will now be able to participate in the game in the, in the convention as a whole and right. like as a general rule if it was a free event before if it was a seminar uh if it was an anime event or something like that it will be free for gen con online and if it had a cost before it probably will still have a cost at Gen Con. Um, but the Gen Con base price, instead of scaling with duration, is just a flat $2. So okay. there'll probably nice. be a lot of events that are just $2 a ticket. Um, but there should also there should also be a lot of events that have a little bit more just to help control that no-show rate or to help event organizers recoup their costs uh, for you know what the time they had to prepare stuff or materials they right. had to put together, that kind of thing. Is there anything else around the events, kind of how that's going to go that we haven't really dived into that, that the two of you are tracking on that we need to make sure folks are aware of? Yeah, there's a couple key components that are different or unique for this experience to, to how, how we can make online events work within our registration system. From the submission side of things, we've adapted our submission form. So it is, it's going to look similar in many cases. Um, but there are a few different fields and or different types of information that you need, need to put in there. Most notably, obviously, is this platforms feature. So in a world where we don't have to physically place events, where um, there's no locations or any of that, but instead, event organizers should be listing the platforms that they're going to use so that attendees are very clear 
in browsing the events eventually during registration, what platforms they're going to use in order to participate in this event. Where Are they going to need a, a Zoom? Are they going to need an account on Tabletop Simulator, et cetera, et cetera. So th there's a few key changes there on the submission form. From the how events will run itself, one big question that we kind of had to solve was, how are people going to be able to share the links to all these different platforms that they're mm. going to run? So Yeah, it's like five minutes before the event. How do I, as yeah. a player, get the link into the meeting? Exactly. So we have created, um, or in, is in development, um, I should clarify there, in development what we are calling the event messaging tool. And that will be a space that will have a similar UI to some of our forms, but ultimately will be a place that's directly connected to the event details for the particular event. And within that event messaging tool, only the EO of the event or the, the event organizer of the event, the game, any game masters that are listed for the event, and then all the registered players, so people who have tickets for that event, will be able to communicate with each other. Oh, so that the intended cool. use of that is essentially the, the launching point for you to share the, the private link to your Zoom call for your seminar. And then the attendees click and join. And then once people are in, then they're able to move on and perceive their event. So we're, that's that vehicle that is kind of helping get people from, okay, I've signed up for this event to how do I get to the location where my event is actually going to take yeah. place. Yeah. So, okay. Follow on question then. What yeah. about the person who wants to jump into an event? Is that, is that doable there? Or do they need to register to get access to that, that page? There's not like a walk up generics type analog or a scan my badge at the time of the of the event, there's not a way for me to like gate crash into the event, is there? Yeah, so that the the intended goal is to remove that gate crashing component for for privacy and reasons. Um, yeah. If you are, but we know there will be potentially no shows or rooms available. So what within the Discord that we we mentioned earlier that will be launched shortly before the convention in the Discord there will be a whole bunch of events support channels and there will also be a channel called the Looking for Players channel. So if oh, I'm a player nice. and I haven't signed up for an event, but you know I have some time on my hands right now, I've got an hour right now, I'm wondering if I can just join an event. If I go to that Looking for Players channel, I will see that GMs are posting times, hey, I need a fifth person for my, my game right wow. now. Um, so that's that's our intended use of, of that space and kind of our way to, to solve the walk-ups. There won't be any sort of generic ticket or, or anything like that. Sure. Um, so that's a little bit of a... a different experience than we get to have in a physical convention. That's awesome. But like, I mean, because everything is online, because everything is digital, there should be no need for generic tickets. So if you right. hear that an event has space available, all you need to do is get a ticket to that event. And you can either, uh, if there's still slots available and it's not sold out, then you can just go to the website, buy a ticket. Then you'll have access to the tool to find out where the link is. And you can just join up and go. Um, if the event is sold out, but some of the players haven't shown up, so they have some no-shows, then after giving those players time to actually connect and confirm if they're there or not, then the GM, when they start looking for uh, additional players, will be able to issue tickets directly to a player um, to oversell it, basically, to allow people to get in if they need to. And that just is adding that ticket to the user's oh, kind of cart, and then the user needs yeah. to go check out. So... You know, if Rich is going to come join my game and it's sold out, but Dominic has a ticket and Dominic didn't show up, I can add a ticket to Rich's account. Rich will just need to go to his cart in his account and check out. And since we're all nice. sitting at our computer anyway, it shouldn't be too difficult to get that that taken care of. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, that's okay. Thank you for answering that because that's going to be my next follow-on. It's like, okay, 
how do I do the oversell? But that makes perfect sense that I, as the GM, can decide I want to sell additional tickets and I want one of those tickets to go to Rich and another ticket to go to Dominic. And the two of you get emails, they show up in your carts, and you either approve that or, or don't. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. It nice. is important to note that that is for selling a slot for a no-show. Um, right. right. Same as same as at the physical convention, I always strongly remind people to run the event as you submitted the event. So if you submitted a game for four players and you're getting messages from people who want to hop in too, don't accept and run that game for eight players. Because oh, chances gosh. are some of your those players who bought those tickets when it was at four bought them because it was a four-player game. And right. you, know, you can't even just ask them like, hey, do you mind if these other people join? Because... You know, you don't want to be put on the spot to you know hear that this is some other person's favorite game and this is the only time. Wow, like this is they want this so much. You don't want to be the person to be like, well, no, you know, I, I bought it because this is what I wanted. I want to ruin your weekends so that you can't play this kind of. Thing. <laughs> no one really wants to be that person. So right. try to run the way that you submitted it so that your attendees know what they're getting into. That's good, and and I will say after so high shelf gaming we. We run a lot of games online. We, we do it on our Twitch channel and all that kind of stuff. And I have found, folks, if you're looking at this as your first time, like, foray into online gaming, do a couple. Do some online games before you run your Gen Con game, right? This is something that Rich and I have said all the time whenever we did our survival guide to Gen Con. Practice before you show up to Gen Con to run your game. Like, see what it's like to run your game at five players or four players virtually. Because it's different. It's just different than when you're at a table. So folks out there, if you're considering doing this stuff and you want to run an event, do some practice, right? You got a lot of time between now and then, grab some friends, do some online practice before you run your game at Gen Con. Just because it's just different when you do it virtually, right? And you want yep. it to be smooth as possible. Yep. Yeah. You don't want Gen Con to be, if you're running the game, you don't want Gen Con right. to be the first time that you're using the platform you've selected. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that does totally um, change our approach. Not only is it know your material, because you're going to get confused. I mean, it's going to be mm-hmm. stressful. So know your material. It almost is know your technology too. When right. you're doing something yep. online, I've never thought about it until you said that, Dave. You got to know your tech. Yeah, yeah, especially now. Like which, yeah, exact. Which techs allow you to mute the other party? Because sometimes yep. you might want to mute yep. the other people. <laughs> you know that kind of stuff matters. Yeah, um, I mean, you're going to want to know how to get people in. So, so yep. you need to know how to invite people. You need to know how to boot people. You need to know how to mute them. You need to know how to make sure that you can communicate with them. They can communicate with each other, like all that kind of stuff. Um, and just like in general, uh, sort this stuff out well ahead of time. Uh, even if you're a player, like don't wait for the day of to install Fantasy Grounds. Uh, oh my gosh, make sure right, that you've installed right. Fantasy Grounds the week before and that you've run the updates for it. Uh, yeah. if, if Windows Update is telling you it wants to update, maybe do that before Gen Con, <laughs> like right when you're supposed to go join your game. Like, Take care of your computer, and then hopefully your computer will take care of you. Right, that's that's IT talk right there, man. Yeah. That's you got to. <laughs> that's why that's do classic. I see there's a back channel conversation with uh, Derek and Dominic talking to Microsoft? Hey guys, no <laughs> updates before July 30th. Okay, well, right. if we Let's if see. only we had that power, right? Yeah. Can you just wait? <laughs> the only power I have with technology is to make it crash. So I'm just telling you from personal experience. <laughs> do your research. I have a magical yeah. gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want the blue smoke. You, no. you that's the that's the wrong color smoke coming out of your computer. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I have an interesting thought that's kind of crossed my what cortex frontal lobe something or other here during our conversation. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Every year on fans of Gen Con, I see that's a Facebook group I really like to go to. I see um, people go, can't make it this year, financial. Can't make it this year, family. Can't make it this year, insert what you want to insert, right? If this goes well, I mean, hot to hot point here. Are we going to see this next year too, even with a live Gen Con? Uh, I don't. I don't think that we can make any sort of comment on that. I don't think that our our pay grade is high enough to make future commitments. Okay. But I will. I. I mean, I, at least I will say that I don't like building a house uh, that you use once. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I, you know the 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 world at large is relearning how to do business. We're relearning how to do education. We're relearning how to do a lot of things, and the tools that we are all developing right now to cope with the situation we're in, that's going to have an impact in 2021. And there's no denying it, right? Like we are starting to develop hab- habits today, which will influence what we want tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I could see sitting in my hotel room next year at Gen Con, flipping through the virtual dashboard <laughs> of vendors. I, so just cause I'm bullshitting with, or excuse my French, cause I'm just hanging out with my friends and we're sure. talking about what's in the dealer hall. I yeah. mean, it's just as I hear some of these things, I'm going, "Ooh, this is cool. This is cool." Well, so well, keep yeah. keep in mind that you know there was also the the exhibit hall map last year, anyway. Um, right. You know, you could browse through you know individual booths and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot that you could do in the app and whatnot. Um, you know, there's yeah. a lot that we want to do. It really boils down to how much time does our team of fourteen have to actually <laughs> accomplish things? So that like sure. that's like ultimately. If if an attendee is like, hey, I would love this to happen, chances are somebody in the company would also love for that to happen too. Mm, uh, right. And it's really just a question of whether we have the, the time to execute it. But in terms of what we would like to do in the future for online events, you know, a lot of what we've talked about, about why we're excited about going online for this year, um, even if you take uh, the coronavirus and quarantine and all of that, even if that never happened, a lot of the limitations or, or realities that people face that you mentioned for the fans of Gen Con group or, you know, other folks that that were never comfortable coming to Gen Con because they don't deal well with crowds or right. because they have, you know, physical conditions that make it hard to travel right. or because, you know, they they could never afford the, the flight and hotel and stuff like that. Um, you know, the a vaccine to coronavirus is not going to fix their problem. Um, right. or their inability to connect with Gen Con. And, you know, we, we're we gamers. We want as many people playing games and enjoying games with us or near us as we can get. So, you know, that's that's still a whole group of people that have largely been excluded from Gen Con in the past that we want to make sure that we find a way to accommodate in the future. That's so cool. I love it. I, I just love, yeah, anything that makes Gen Con more accessible to more people, I'm into. So that's that's really good to hear. Thank you. So so, so to that, you know, this is, a, as we've mentioned, a learning opportunity for everybody involved, including Gen Con as a company. So for everybody who's, who's interested in participating with us in some capacity, like you're helping us test out a lot of the stuff we're doing this year and, and try out all these new things and take lessons from that that we may be able to incorporate into the future. So. Yeah, and, and I'll just uh, to kind of add to that, Dominic, folks. When you if you feel the the urge to provide some feedback, by all means do so. But please keep it positive. Please keep it constructive. 
right? Because when you show up with a bunch of like anger and vitriol, tough to get the message out of that one, right? Yeah, but if you say, yeah. hey, here, here's what I found, and I know that we're all learning, you know, if you have some grace <laughs> when you go to write that email, it's going to it's gonna carry more weight, frankly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we definitely want to know the problems that are going to happen. Right. We want to know the right. problems that you ran into. We would just, you know, rather have a polite conversation around it. Right. Yeah, because, again, it's 14 human beings, right? Not like some uh, mega corp that, you know, controls, uh, I don't know, the quantity of salt in all the French fries or whatever. Yep. Like, it's it's 14, as, like, as much as I gamers. Wish, yeah, as much as I wish that we were backed by Seder Krupp or something like that, it ain't going to happen. Right. <laughs> 14 <laughs> just kind of blows Thank me you, away. How is, how I you'd appreciate that. How people make this happen? <laughs> that just kind of makes it nuts. Well, yeah. so we, we make it happen with... Uh, with the help, of, it's going to sound really cheesy, but we make it happen with the help of the community in some some regard. So, like, it really is a, a very decentralized, like, web of responsibility. So, you know, Gen Con, those 14 people really focus on high-level things as much as we can. Things that can't be delegated out or, or, uh. or sent out to somebody else. So... Um, you know, like even event review, it wasn't until the last couple of years that we did event, we got more people involved in event review. Prior to that, mm. you know, it was like 15,000 events would go through my computer. Wow, um, Derek. Wow. So, so the only way that it happens, though, is because we spend all year doing as much as we can months in advance so that when we arrive on site, we have our captains who run HQs and have a lot of experience with how the show should go. And they know a lot of the people who are there. They have, you know, they've played in their games. They used to come from those groups. They go work for those folks when they're not working for us. Like they have, they have their own network of relationships. So, you know, they help kind of monitor an area and serve as a face for Gen Con. When a problem occurs, people know who to go to. And then we have, our contractors who might be in charge of the anime program or who are handling the arcade machines or, um, you know, who do these different things. And what we do is we try to kind of carve up little sections so that these three rooms, um, the, the, the program of events that's going to require a lot of finesse and nuance of, we want to schedule this event because it leads into this other event. And then this is really topical and this would be really cool to fit. Like that kind of stuff is important, but you know, we try to empower the people who are in charge of that program to make those decisions. And then they have their own staff and then, you know, below them or kind of uh, not below, but like further out from them are the GMs who run the games and then the players who play in the games. And, when everybody kind of you know does their part, it ends up being a, a remarkably smooth machine because we have the registration system that tells you what you're playing, when it is, where it is. You as a player know where to go. You connect with the person who tells you what to do, um, right. and everything kind of works without all of that information having to be routed through central command, basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very decentralized. You are empowering a lot of people to be successful. And as long as they are all as passionate as they appear to be and as eager to do this, it's going to go swimmingly. And that's why, like, all the events that I go to are so good. Like, the folks that put on True Dungeon and mm-hmm. uh, Super Robo Rally, those are all, like, incredibly passionate people. They just love doing their thing. Yep. And I, as an attendee, gobble that up because it's so much fun. Yep. Um, and yeah, so, yeah, that's really cool. A lot of the job that Dominic and I have 
um, with regards to events, you know, like we don't really, we don't run the events. We don't come up with the ideas for a lot of these events. Like we suggest stuff to folks, but in most cases, it's uh, an individual, a gaming group or a company coming to us and saying, here's what I want to do. How do I make my round peg fit in your square hole? And we just <laughs> then figure out like, okay, well, you know, here's how we have yeah. to adapt it. Uh, I've sent you a couple of those emails and you've responded very well. Thank yep, you. <laughs> yep. I mean, we, we do the best we can to try to figure out how to um, adapt whatever weird, crazy event idea that you have to the almost like language of how Gen Con works so that mm -hmm. people can understand what's supposed to happen, even if they're not immersed in your event year round. Uh, and if right. it, you know, Gen Con would not be where it is if it wasn't for, um, you know, Privateer Press showing up with, you know, like their suite, you know, or with uh, Pastimes showing up with, you know, all of their events and stuff like that. So, you know, Gen Con is kind of a huge coalition of, you know, hundreds of tiny little kingdoms that have their own operating rules. And Gen Con tries to just kind of serve as the, the connective tissue between all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And it does that. I mean, it does that so well. So I'm really excited for the you all taking on the Herculean task of making Gen Con online a thing where all of these tiny kingdoms get to still have their day, right? And mm -hmm. still have some vehicle by which they can achieve their goals. And obviously this year we're all duct tape and bailing wire and uh, we're learning as we go. We're building it as we're driving it kind of thing. But that's that's part of the thrill in a way, <laughs> but yes. also part of the joy of this is that we all get to try something new and, and hopefully gain a lot from this and, and, and enjoy kind of a, a future where online conventions are now a thing and uh, having a successful one under our belts is going to be really key in making that uh, a reality in the future. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. Well, awesome. Uh, Derek, Dominic, guys, it's been really nice having you oh, on wait, here. Oh, wait, Dave, there... I got two more questions. Oh, you got two more? I got oh, my two gosh. More questions. These are hot takes right here. These are some hot takes. Oh, Who can God. help get me a lower badge number so I can have some street cred? And number two, <laughs> what is the special code so I can get to the front of the housing portal next year? So uh, well, does it make you happier or sad to know that I have numbers three, five, and seven? <laughs> that was going to be my comment there. It's like, you're talking about I need some street cred. Derek, hook me up. I want 358. No, 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 no. When I said 35 and 7, I didn't mean 357. I meant the accounts 3, the accounts 5, oh and my the accounts gosh. 7. Ah! You, you, we were, we started this whole conversation about tenure and, and experience yes, at Gen yes, Con, and, and yes. there is your living proof right here. Yes, of, of what that tenure I mean, gets you. It gets you the I lowest. I would really of low like numbers. to get account forty-two. Whatever you can do, I like that. <laughs> sure, uh, I'll see what I can do. How about that? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're gonna make riches like month for sure. <laughs> Those are my hot no, tips. I, no, I'm, I'm not and, gonna, I'm not gonna make as much. I'm just gonna string them all. No. Up. Yes. Like I, I, I play vampire. I know how this game works. Yes. <laughs> if you just send me this information, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks a ton for making time out of your day. I know mm -hmm. that this conversation, you know, we, we 
try to keep it to an hour. We've gone like well over an hour at this point. I really appreciate both of you making the time for us to talk with you about Gen Con Online and help the audience and the folks at home kind of get a sense for what they're getting themselves into. Uh, this assuaged a lot of my concerns. I really love hearing about the ability for people to come into an event if there's no shows and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, it just feels like that was you huge. thought about all of the stuff that people typically run into and are creating a method for them to still do that virtually. And, and I just love it. That's so what we're trying you. to do. That's what we're trying. Yeah. Yep. yeah. It's, you know, thank you for, for having us on. It's been a, a pleasure getting to talk this through with two, two people who don't know what we've been working on for a while and be able to start sharing some of those things that we've got going on and then direct your audience to be able to participate with us and, and join in the fun during, during those four days. So we're looking forward to it. Awesome. Yeah. And folks, we will link to all of the stuff that you guys mentioned, the the YouTube and the Twitch and of course the site, obviously, those places to go and get information and get connected in to learn more as announcements come and that kind of thing. Derek, Dominic, do either of you have like social media stuff that you'd want to plug or anything like that? Well, I, I will say for myself, I, I don't have personal social media that I, I want to plug, but uh, Derek and I are out and amongst our many tasks, Derek and I are also two of the leads on the, the uh, all of our streaming initiatives during the year. So oh, if awesome. you want to check out Twitch, or twitch.tv slash GenConTV, um, or just look up GenConTV on Twitch, we have live streaming that we have year-round, and a lot of that is just great content that we have and different people we partner with. All those are then saved and recorded and put on our, our YouTube as VODs for people to watch later yes. as well. So got a lot of fun content going on there i think we have you guys on auto host because it's just it's just so good um yeah i really love all the content i love that you guys are making more content uh it's really really nice as someone who's like been a fan of gen con making content around your convention it's been really good seeing you all ramp those projects up and doing more and more of it every week it's just been it's just been awesome great well i mean that's that's very gratifying to hear um because you know we put a lot of a lot of work into that um, sure. It has been a big kind of portion of my past couple of years. Um, so I'm glad that you really enjoy it. Uh, I think uh, if anybody kind of wants to follow us on social media or, or check us out, definitely come and join the streams on Twitch. Uh, I am also on Twitter at Frequent Beef. So if anybody has any questions there, welcome to ping me there too. Excellent. Excellent. Everyone All right, well, ask for your better badge numbers, right? There. Yes. It'll be great. <laughs> just, just, uh, just hammer them on Twitter. Hello. It's always free <laughs> just to kidding. ask. Just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's Don't always do free that. to ask. <laughs> awesome. Well, everyone at home, as always, thanks a ton for listening. Have fun and play well. May all your roles be crits. Thanks for listening. If you like our style, please subscribe or rate, like the podcast within your app. It helps fellow listeners find us. We really appreciate it. So thank you. To join the community, you can find us on Twitter and Discord, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, all under the name High Shelf Gaming. Super easy to get connected and join the fun. This episode is copyrighted by High Shelf Gaming LLC and is not cleared for broadcast or syndication without written approval. The music was provided by Lil Funky on YouTube and our web presence is managed by Amy Nelson. Take care, friends. Music